0: You are listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled Health. Hello, my radio friends. I'm glad you've joined me for another program in the series, Give Me the Bible. Today, we'll see what the Bible has to say about health. Recently, I was on a public transport bus to go to the city to conduct some business. At one stop near a hospital, there was a lady who was in a wheelchair She was very overweight and I felt sorry for her. Yet, at the same time, I felt disgusted that she was such a physical wreck. Now, I'm not judging this poor woman. There may have been some powerful reasons for her being as she was. But she did awaken me some thoughts about health. Some people reason that their bodies are their personal property and they can do whatever they like with them. Therefore, some abuse their bodies. And later, when they discover that they have significant health problems, they try desperately to preserve what health they have left. It is interesting that the Bible has a different take on this issue. In 1 Corinthians 6.20, this highlights the point where it says, You are not your own. You are bought with a price. Now, in the primary sense, this text is saying that Jesus gave his life to pay the price of our salvation. In a secondary sense, the text is saying, that we do not live only to ourselves. We have a responsibility to others as well. In the same book of 1 Corinthians 10, and verse 24, the Bible says, Don't be as concerned about your own freedom as much as with your brothers. Freedom to do what you like best is good but our personal freedom should not override the rights of others. An extreme case illustrating this is where the breadwinner in a family is addicted to alcohol and because of his or her excess drinking, the family suffers. But health is not just about physical health. There is mental health, social health, emotional health, and spiritual health. Someone may be physically healthy, but is withdrawn and unable to mix with others. As a whole person, that individual has a problem. The same thing could be said about a car. The car might seem to be okay but if there is a burnt valve in the engine, the car will run, but not efficiently. Health involves the whole person, physically, mentally, socially and spiritually. You may eat all the right things and get enough sleep, but if you're stressed about a relationship or worried about your job, your health will suffer. When God created human beings, he created us in his own image. As such, we were given good health and were not only healthy, but were happy and holy as well. We were made in such a way that we reflected what God is like to some extent. Humanity today, does not reflect what God is like particularly well. As you know, there's a lot of crime, a lot of disease, a lot of abuse, a lot of cruelty, much suffering, much selfishness, and the list goes on. 1 Corinthians 10.31 gives a broad rule to follow in all aspects of life. It says, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. And coupled with that verse is another one in Matthew five sixteen, which says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. These are words spoken by Jesus. And point out that what we are and what we do should be a good example to others, thereby reflecting God. Are you likely to take much notice of a Christian who cheats, lies and steals? Would you want to use a Christian as an example for you to follow if that person is addicted to alcohol or drugs or pornography you'd not be very likely to be influenced in the Christian lifestyle if someone who pretends to be a Christian abuses their children either, would you? And you'd be reluctant to let someone try to influence you who was a big, fat, unhealthy slob, or if that person was pale, thin and weedy. If that person had bad manners, you would be repelled rather than attracted. As Christians, we should be healthy, courteous, thoughtful, kind, happy, and spiritually, emotionally, physically, and psychologically well-adjusted. And all this is part of being healthy. I have a question to you for you. Is God healthy? Well, the answer would have to be yes, and therefore we too should be healthy. In Romans 12, 1, the Apostle Paul wrote, I beseech you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God which is your reasonable service. Back in Old Testament times, for the forgiveness of sins, people were to offer sacrifices. Usually the sacrifice was a young male lamb or goat. The person requiring forgiveness had to take the lamb from their own flock, go to the temple, and in the presence of a priest his hand on the head of the lamb, and then had to slit the throat of the lamb. But God specified that the lamb was to be a male without any defect. It had to be in prime condition and good health. The Apostle Paul, no doubt, had this in mind when he wrote that we should be living sacrifices. As Christians, we should be without defect and be in good health. I've heard different people over the years try to interpret the Bible to suit their own likes or dislikes. For example, in 1 Timothy 5.23, the Apostle Paul wrote to his protégé Timothy, who who obviously had some digestive problems, and he wrote, no longer drink only water, but use a little wine for your stomach's sake and your frequent infirmities. Some would say, there you are, Paul recommended to Timothy to drink wine. If Timothy could drink wine, then it's okay for me to drink alcohol. But you should notice two things. Timothy was advised to drink How much wine? It was a little wine. And why was he to drink some wine instead of only water? It was to be used as a medicine. No, what Paul said is not some wholesale permission to drink alcohol, especially to excess. Elders, previously called bishops, were to be chosen with the apostolic church on the basis that they were temperate in their lifestyle habits and not given to wine. That's found in Titus 1.7 and 1 Timothy 3.2. And similar admonition is given to old men, wives, and everyone who intends to serve the Lord as explained in 1 Peter 4.7, which says, But the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. And in Ephesians 5.18, there is a further admonition. Do not be drunk with wine, it says. You see, part of healthful living is temperance. The Bible puts it this way in 1 Corinthians 9.25. It says, And everyone who competes for the prize of eternal life is temperate in all things. The word sober may also apply to not being frivolous and not being out of control. Healthful living includes being in control of our minds, emotions and habits. Habits, as you would probably know, built up over a long period of time are very hard to break. The nerve pathways in the brain become very well established. Take, for example, smoking. Not only is there the habit or craving for nicotine, but there is the habit of reaching into the pocket or handbag, taking out a packet of cigarettes opening the packet, taking out a cigarette, putting it in between the lips, taking out the lighter or matches, the procedure of making the flame begin, and so on. Repeated hundreds and hundreds of times, aside from the habit-forming effect of the nicotine, is the mechanical habit of the procedures to actually begin smoking. In Galatians 5.17, the Apostle Paul writes about his own battles with habitual and negative behaviours. He writes, For the flesh, that's his sinful behaviour, fights against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. In other words, Paul describes the battle that exists in us all between what God wants us to do and what we habitually often end up doing. We'll have a little break and go on straight afterwards.
1: There's within my heart a melody Jesus whispers sweet and low Fear not, I am with thee, peace be still In all of life's ebb and flow Feasting on the riches of His grace Resting neath the sheltering wings. Looking on his smiling face, that is why I shout and sing Jesus, 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 sweetest name. Sometimes he leads me through waters deep Trials fall across the way Though sometimes the path seems tough and steep See his footprints all the way Soon he's coming back to welcome me Far beyond the starry sky I shall wing my flight. I shall reign with him on high. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know.
0: Just before the break, I mentioned to you something from what the Apostle Paul uh, said about problems in his life and in our lives, especially when we've established habits that are destructive. And this is a big problem. So how does one get out of the stranglehold of bad habits? so that our minds control our bodies instead of the other way around. Philippians 4.13 provides an answer. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We don't have to do battle with our sinful nature and bad habits on our own. There is help available. Christ is the answer. Christ overcame any evil tendencies that he may have had and was victorious over them. And he can be victorious in your life too if you ask for his help. Sometimes you may have struggled to reform from some bad habit or evil tendency and failed, failed, failed. Why not turn your problem over to God and say, Lord, help me. I can't do this on my own. You take my problem, Lord, and please work it out for me. I've heard of people who have been able to give up a bad habit instantly by handing the problem over to God. With others, it takes time. As a person made in the image of God, How do you shape up? How do I shape up? How many marks out of ten do we get? None of us escapes the scars of sin in our lives. We're involved in warfare with our own sinful nature, our sinful tendencies and the effects of those sinful tendencies. What would God say about you? Or me? Would he say something about you similar to what was said about Job? Recorded in Job 1 and verse 1, the Bible says, that Job was blameless and upright and one who feared God and shunned evil. Would you be described, as was King David, as a man after God's own heart? It's found in Acts 13.22. Would your assessment be like what was said about Barnabas in Acts 11.24, that Barnabas was a good man, full of faith and of the Holy Spirit? There are plenty of people in the world who are interested in health. After all, One's health determines one's quality of life and longevity. And being sick is not much fun. But health involves more than eating the right foods and getting enough exercise. It also involves healthy relationships, a clear and untroubled conscience a positive attitude to life and a hope for the future. In an earlier program, I shared this statement with you. It is a little proverb of a list of four things that are essential ingredients one must have in order to have a happy life. These four things are as follows. Someone to love. Someone who loves you. Something to do. Something to hope for. I'll repeat that for you. Someone to love. Someone who loves you. Something to do. And something to hope for. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and the first 12 verses Provide an outline for all Christians, including those who hold office in a church. I'll summarise these points for you. A a good Christian should be blameless, that is, he or she should be honest. That person should be married to one spouse. That person should be temperate and serious-minded, of good behaviour, hospitable, and know the Bible. That person should not be addicted to alcohol, should not be violent, nor greedy for money, not argumentative, and not covetous. That person should run his or her household well, and the children should be well-behaved that person should be reverent and should not be double-tongued. That person should be a true believer and have a pure conscience. There is no room for slander in that person's life and that person should be known in the community for fidelity, honesty and faithfulness. That's quite a list, isn't it? The question is, How do you and I shape up? But the list is quite realistic because as human beings made in the image of God, all these qualities are qualities that belong to our Heavenly Father. The Bible talks about holistic health. That is physical, spiritual, social moral, intellectual, and emotional. And finally for today, I want to mention an interesting verse. It's found in 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 16, and it says, Don't you know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? A temple is a place where God dwells. The question is, what sort of temple are you? Are you disease-ridden, weak and sickly? Are you healthy and strong? Are you mentally or emotionally unstable? Or are you well-adjusted and positive? Are you of clear conscience, being faithful and true? Now only you, dear listener, can answer these questions and I hope that God would find it pleasing to dwell in you, that you are a temple for him. And it's also my hope that you will never settle for second best, but at that it be your aim to be holistically healthy, not only for your own sake, but for the sake of your family and others, and also for God's sake. Unfortunately, too quickly we've come to the end. But until our next appointment, I wish you good health, God's blessings, and joy and peace.